Hi, I'm Mish Bondizio, and this is Creating Cadence, a podcast for life and work in motion. So welcome back. If you missed episode one, please do take a listen. In it, I explain how the Creating Cadence podcast came about and what to expect from this show. In future episodes, we'll be exploring how to create momentum, work with purpose and live with intention so that we can activate our better selves and support better businesses. But for episode two, we're first going to look at why creating cadence in our lives is so important and what that actually involves. I discovered a little late that the common premise of needing to achieve a balanced life is actually flawed. The idea of work-life balance is a little misleading, as it is difficult to both attain and maintain what is in essence a static construct. If this doesn't make sense, bear with me. Think about a seesaw in a playground. Keeping the seesaw balanced means keeping it level. And that's where the static element comes in because to stay level, it can't move. On the flip side, imbalance implies that to win at one thing, we have to potentially lose at another, because when things are out of balance, one side of our seesaw goes up, whilst the other goes down. So when we strive for work-life balance, we're setting ourselves up to fail by using a limiting term like balance. That's because life is always moving, and we need to be able to move with it. So if we instead focus on creating cadence, which connects to the concepts of rhythm and pace, we don't get stuck on creating a perfect but static moment. Building work-life cadence facilitates movement and enables us to generate and maintain momentum in all parts of our life, even when one part is demanding more than the rest. In essence, creating cadence is about focusing on creating space, creating place, and creating movement. And we're going to look at those in a bit more detail in this episode. But first, I want to talk about our environments, because they influence how we create cadence. One of the core themes in my work as a performance coach and business mentor is the notion of our environments and how they affect our ability to live and work with cadence. Firstly, there's our internal environment, what happens in our bodies and in our brains. And then there's our external environments, such as our homes and our workplaces. What happens outside of us influences our internal system and vice versa. If we have a strong internal foundation, we're better equipped to handle what happens around us. Likewise, if our physical environments support us well, then our minds and our bodies have more opportunities to thrive. But there's a third environment too, which affects us both inside and out. It's the virtual world created by our relationship with digital technology. With the rise of the fourth industrial revolution, technology is an essential part of how we live and work. But tech overuse and misuse is also making us unwell. It affects us both as individuals and as communities, at home and in our workplaces. It has implications for our productivity and performance. It impacts on our health and that of our business bottom lines. 
The impact that tech and digital has on us is even more relevant now, as we've been forced to spend more time online due to the pandemic this year. So that's the context of the environments in which we're trying to create space, place and movement to achieve more cadence. Let's look at creating space. In 2017, I first experimented with digital minimalism. It was still a fairly new idea at the time, but since then we've become a lot more aware, as psychologists, neuroscientists and advocates such as Cal Newport and the minimalists have shone huge spotlights on digital health and wellness. The way that we use our digital tools can be more of a hindrance than a help. It takes practice to intentionally create space away from the blue lights and the deluge of information that's constantly coming at us online and on our phones. Most of our careers now require us to be what are known as knowledge workers. So we partake in the use of both mandatory and optional technologies as part of creating value. Cal Newport calls this value attention capital. Social media, unless it's your profession, is actually an optional technology. A big issue with optional tech use is the distraction it can cause. If it's not your profession, as a business person, how often do you use social media like a professional? By that I mean using a structured dashboard on your computer to schedule your messaging, rather than tweeting on the fly or on the couch. Often we don't engage with this tech in a structured way, especially if we're a busy solopreneur or a micro-business owner trying to do everything and fit everything in. The problem is this. Our brains get hijacked by social tools and apps which have been designed to purposefully trick our dopamine response, raise our cortisol levels, and play havoc with our hormones. This bombardment and manipulation means that our focus and attention are all over the place. We lose time down rabbit holes. We develop conditioned behaviors. We feel compelled to do things on autopilot, even though we know they aren't good for us. It's no wonder our productivity levels totally suck. When we're in this state, our performance and our health is compromised. And when we're perpetually distracted, we can't do the deep, meaningful, creative, clever and innovative work that generates our attention capital and helps move us and our businesses forward. I'll share some links to resources in the show notes that will introduce and clarify these concepts of deep work and digital minimalism and how you can use them to help you stay focused. And now let's look at the second aspect of creating cadence, which is about creating place. Creating place. As the future of how we work is evolving, we need to upgrade our understanding of how we can use technology and design to support our well-being in our homes, workplaces and communities. Before lockdown, we were already working in a fragmented way. That's because our workspaces extend beyond the physical office. And our office hours extend beyond the 9 to 5. Now, as a result of COVID, this is even more the case. We're coming out of a global pandemic, but we're also heading into a global recession. There's some serious triage needed to support our economies and our businesses, but we can't be as productive as we need to be to do this if our health and our well-being are suffering too. 
There's plenty of research out there to prove that better selves are better for our business bottom lines. So it's in our financial interest to focus on well-being first and productivity second. A few months ago, that might have sounded controversial. But a few months of lockdown has helped many of us realize what matters most. Even with the return to physical workplaces on the cards, many are electing to remain working from home. So when we consider the idea of placemaking in relation to well-being and productivity, how can our organizations be more human-centered digital workplaces which cater to a diverse range of needs and requirements? If we can support our individual well-being, that enables both businesses and communities to flourish, in spite of the adversity of our situation. Also, post-lockdown, we'll be interacting with our urban infrastructure in a very different way. Placemaking will need to take different forms to enable connection in the physical world while still keeping us all safe. It's important that we don't revert to that indoctrinated culture of perpetual hustle and grind. The brilliant Elon Musk has not so brilliantly boasted in the past about his 100-hour work weeks. He's also been quoted as saying that nobody ever changed the world on 40 hours a week. Well, I disagree. This hustle culture is one I totally rail against, especially having crashed and burned in my own work life. I talk about that in episode one if you want to know my story. My experience of burnout helped me find a much healthier, better way of working. And I discovered that there are ways to disrupt and innovate without killing yourself in the process. So moving on, let's look at the third aspect of creating cadence, which has to do with movement. Creating movement. To quote Dan Pink, what's even scarcer today than attention is intention. Living and working with intention requires us to pay more attention to the things we've become accustomed to doing on autopilot. Making change of any kind is challenging, especially when we try to do it in big steps. So the way to develop and sustain the habit of being more intentional is through small, simple, incremental steps and repeated practice. Small steps help us to build momentum and move forward at a steady pace, but at a pace that works for us. So as we transition into this next phase of life post-COVID, give some thought to how you want to move forwards. What do you want to be and what are your goals for this next part of life? Are these goals aligned with your values and your identity? Can you create a systematic approach to achieving these goals which incorporates your core values? The connection between our goals and our values is important because how we do one thing is how we do everything. And we can decide how we show up in this new world we're facing. So consider, what type of person are you? And what is it like you to do to keep your life moving forwards? I'll give you an example. I'm the type of person who follows through. And what that means in this context is that I'll be back soon with another episode of Creating Cadence. So thanks for sticking with me to the end. There's more info in the show notes if you want to explore any of these ideas further. And I'll be covering these types of topics in lots of different ways in future episodes. If you subscribe via the link in the show notes, you'll be notified when the next episode drops. Subscribing also gives you access to a free training resource and to my monthly online guide, which comes out towards the end of every month. 
You can find out more and sign up at growthsessions.co forward slash cadence. And if you enjoyed listening, I'd really appreciate it if you could please rate and review the podcast on your channel of choice. Apparently it helps other people to find the podcast. Until next time, take care of yourself, show up with love, and keep moving forwards. Bye for now.